Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. What do you think, uh, if we could play hypothetical here, if he is in a jazz, if he is in a jazz uniform next season, what do you think that does for the Jazz's chances in the Western Conference? Well, if Mike Conley is the player that he was this past season, uh, I think it would help him a lot. I, I think a Donovan Mitchell-Mike Conley backcourt is really exciting. Uh, I think that could be uh, a really good. I have to think here about Donovan Mitchell is that he's a great dude. Um, you know, uh, Mike Conley does not have to be ball dominant. You know, Donovan Mitchell's going to get his shots, and Mike Conley can roll with that. Now, if Mike, uh, if the Grizzlies or whoever he's playing for need Mike to score 30 points a night. He's shown that he can do that, but uh, he's also uh, capable of of being the distributor, playing off the ball, um, and he can provide some outside shooting. So I I would love to see uh, the backcourt pairing of Conley and Mitchell. All right, Gordon, that was David Cobb. He covers the Grizzlies for the Memphis Commercial Appeal. And uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic says the Jazz are currently the leaders in trade talks to get the Grizzlies point guard here to Salt Lake City. Now, I do not know what the Jazz would give up to get that player, uh, but that sounds like a win-win to me. I mean, the, the Grizzlies uh, want uh, would just as soon uh, push uh, Conley on out the door. Uh, it's not a good fit now financially for them, and uh, he is a very talented player, and I agree with what he just said, that uh, that backcourt would be exciting. The only problem with it, and I know a lot of people have brought up the contract, which is 30 plus million. It's a lot. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about this, Jake, how when you do spend the money, you got to hit on it. You can't find yourself hamstrung with a salary that is going to weigh you down over the next few years without the production. I think Mike Conley's going to produce. The only issue is the injury. The only issue, and he was healthy this last year. He 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 held up well. Played seventy games. Yeah, he held up well uh, in earlier seasons. He had some some rough ones in between, but I, uh, as far as his talent level and the skills he brings to the Jazz, I like it. I like it, and I know others are kind of uh, well, not sure or whatever, but I I like it. I he's a good fit for a number of reasons. His contract actually is a good fit for people complaining about how much he makes 60 million over the next 2 years it doesn't matter i mean uh the, the it times out so well with donovan and rudy's deals and when they'll yeah. come available that it it actually is a really nice fit from a from a financial standpoint and jake you've spent a lot of time explaining all that and uh and done a lot of research on it and know exactly what's going on in that regard and you're right it is and they're going to what do you, who cares if the Jazz spend the money? You want them to spend the money, don't you? Yep. Well, they. I mean, they need to spend most of it anyway. If they don't... spend the money, that means they're getting, if they're doing their jobs right, they're getting talent to help push this thing forward on the court. Isn't that what everybody wants? Especially with the events that have happened over the past few days. And uh, some of the big move, uh, well, one in particular, a big, big move by by the Lakers and by the Pelicans. And and so I think Jazz fans would welcome something like that, would embrace it. 
Um, real quick here. So Tony Jones, a couple hours ago from The Athletic, uh, reported this. He says, pre-tweet note, the following could change at any moment, but sources are currently telling me that Derek Favors is currently not on the table in the Jazz Conley talks. Again, that could change, but this is what I'm currently being told. And, um, you know, Tony's uh, good sources, and, and I'm not saying that uh, that he's wrong necessarily, but I don't I don't see how this would work if they didn't pick up Derek's option uh, option and and include I'd him in the him. deal just because I don't uh, the Jazz need to include some value outside of you know a mediocre first round pick this year and they'll have to probably include some other picks but uh, Derek Favors expiring contract would have some value other than that the Jazz to be in the lead for this trade they don't have a ton of assets to trade for Mike Conley so it it'd be interesting if Derek wasn't included in the deal but I don't I honestly don't see how he's not well, okay, let's let's explore here a little bit. Uh, and uh, it's all we can do at this point, folks, because we don't know. The Jazz have not released any information to us, and we haven't really dug to find out every little detail of what would be involved in this. But what makes sense? You say Derek. Who else? I mean, the, 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 their first-round pick this year has to be a part of it, right? Right. Well, I would assume multiple firsts. Yeah. So what else? Uh, do you think there are any other assets in this thing that are going to be costly for the Jazz as far as exchanging talent? See, I wonder if they're interested in Exum. There was a little buzz about that around the trade deadline that they might have interest in him, although he, of course, suffered an injury after that. So who knows what the, the value is there. But I guess that's what I'm getting at is, I mean, you, you've got Joe Ingles, you've got Jay Crowder, Dante, uh, people under contract for next year. I mean, those are really. I mean, Grayson Allen, maybe. Hmm. Those are guys that are part of the Jazz, kind of but, sort of their psyche. But here's you know? the thing: they're not going to. The Memphis isn't going to want Joe Ingles. Yeah, because he's got two years left on his uh, on his contract. He's a guy in his thirties. Memphis is rebuilding. They're not. They're not looking for somebody like Joe Ingles. They they could possibly be looking at Dante if they think that there's he's just been had a run of bad luck and there's still a really great player in there. He's 23 years old. People forget right. that. And I'm not that comfortable with letting Dante Exum go because the Jazz have weathered through the bad times. Are there going to be good times on the other side? Well, I think the Jazz are, are signaling, and we followed this process, and you've been on top of this. Uh, of course, I think they're signaling that they're, they're going to st- – not that they haven't been in win now mode necessarily, but it's it's not about two three years down right. the road. It's about now. So Dante Exum could help them if he's healthy right away, uh, becoming what he's going to be. Uh, but but I would not allow Dante Exum to be a deal killer. Right. Uh, I'm not eager to see him traded uh, if I were part of the Jazz brain trust because of what I said. I think the dude can play. Uh, he may not be what people thought he was going to be, and obviously some of that, uh, some of the uh, exhibition of those talents have been delayed because of the injuries, but they're still there. Dude can play defense. We know that much, and I think he's got more offensively than what a lot of people seem to to think. But if, if he's part of the deal and the Jazz come down to it, and the Grizzlies are saying, okay, we got to have Exum, then, then I include him in that. But if I'm the Jazz, I would try to avoid that if possible. I, well, here's 
it's it's tough with Dante because I'm not sure what value he actually has out there because he has two more years at nine million dollars left on his contract, and there's a there is a lot of there is a lot of doubt there. But here's the thing, you've got to include something that Memphis is going to want, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's that's why I get back to the favors thing with his expiring contract because there's some value there where you can get cap relief next year or whatever, have more room to, to do what you want to do. Uh, with you know, are they would they do it for Mike Conley for three first round picks? You know, I, d- I don't know if if that's what Memphis is is really looking to do to get value. The Jazz three, are have three to- first round picks is that's a lot to ask. Because you're essentially mortgaging your future. But if you don't have anything else to include in the deal, well, you got to include something, right? But let, let's look at what Memphis. What's their motivation? What well, are they trying to do here? Get the thirty million dollars off their uh, cap. That's priority number and one. And make room right? for a rookie. Yeah. So, so I'm not. I'm not sure they're looking to take back a bunch of salary they got to pay out. You know what I mean? No, I don't think so. In fact, I, next year Memphis isn't really going to want to win basketball games. So need to say that, but but it, and it also affords you patience, though. If they see something in Dante Exum, they can afford to wait. Where the Jazz, I don't think, can afford to wait any longer. What? Uh, let me ask this question, and you can uh, you can use the uh, open mic app or communicate with us via Twitter, whatever you'd like to do. I'm at Gordon Monson or at Jake Scott Zone. Um, which players, if the Jazz were going to include a couple of draft picks, including this year's pick, first-round pick, which players are you comfortable releasing for to, to, to get a talent like Mike Conley? Let us know. At Jake Scott's Zone, as Gordon said. At Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Also, the open mic feature on the oh, Zone I, Sports. Austin Horton, of course. <laughs> the open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. Um, and I, I will be talking a lot about this story throughout the day because it certainly is very intriguing. And it's a, it's a move that you've, um, you were in favor of at the trade deadline. I was. And I did, again, I, I was operating under the idea, okay, what can you responsibly get and what do you have to give up? But I, I was willing to include Dante Exum in that deal if possible. And just to get that kind of upgrade at that position. And that was when they had Ricky Rubio. Of course, we thought Ricky Rubio might be part of the deal. Uh, Split Story of the Day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night? Are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com today. Big trade going down over the weekend, Gordon. Um, Anthony Davis is on the move. He's headed to the Lakers. Uh, in exchange for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and uh, three first-round draft picks, including the number four uh, selection in Thursday's NBA draft. This is one of those trades, Jake. When I saw it immediately, oh well, I, I was a little bit uh, still hesitant to know whether we were getting all the information, but I thought it was a win-win. I liked it for both sides. Um. Yeah. I. I well, I kind of agree, I guess. What, what, what's your hang-up? Because to me, when you add that kind of talent to LeBron James, now you know, and now there's all kinds of other rumors about whoever else they're going to bring in. But if they get another star on top of that, then I think the Lakers are back, and it's going to be uh, those uh, Jazz fans who uh, enjoyed the six-year run where the Lakers essentially sucked. I think that. A uh, little dip would be done 
and the Lakers would be back and tough to beat. And as far as the Pelicans go, look, this is a guy they had to unload because he was unhappy and he wanted out. And to get that kind of haul for a situation like that, I think that's a job well done. So I, from the Lakers' standpoint, yeah, I mean, they add another superstar and they basically traded – I mean, they traded their future a little bit, but you've got LeBron James, so you got to do that. I mean, your window uh, to win with him is is slim. And here's the thing that everybody keeps using the word haul, and I would not use that term because Kyle Kuzma was not in the deal. How did how did that that tells me one that there wasn't as big a market for Anthony Davis as we might have thought that Boston probably decided not to participate because they're going to lose Kyrie Irving, and why would they trade Jason Tatum if they're going to lose Kyrie Irving? Danny Ainge claimed that Tatum was never a part of the deal, which makes me wonder. I I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, that's what he seems to be claiming. Because here's the thing. Lonzo Ball is awful. So I'm not sure he's awful, Jake. Do you think he's awful? I think they should probably just cut him to be rid of his father. Uh, at, I, at very least. I, I don't think he's going to be anything better than a rotational player in this league. And if I turn out to be be wrong, I, I suppose so be it. But Lonzo, I, th- I, th- I think he's better than that. Ingram uh, has potential, but we have really yet to see him fulfill it. And the blood clot thing yeah, certainly would, would scare me. Yeah. But Kuzma is a, is a proven commodity now. He's a good player. And the fact that the Lakers didn't have to include Kuzma in this deal... I mean, I I think that's a that's a win for the Lakers certainly. Yeah, Hart's good though. He's all right. I mean, is he going to be anything more than a bench player? Uh, I I think I think those guys are better than you're giving them credit for. Now the number four pick in a draft that has oh, three players, so Which there's is very there's nice, that. especially since they're getting the number one pick. So you get number one, you get number four, and whether they'll use those two, or whether they'll utilize them in other ways. I mean, obviously, they want Zion. And then the the other two first round picks are, are going to suck most likely. They're going to be in the twenties. So I, I I think you're right in the sense that you know New Orleans got value back from Anthony Davis when they didn't have a whole lot of leverage, and there's a, a there's a, certainly a benefit to that. But I think the Lakers certainly came out way ahead in this one. If we want to go back to the old school, who won the trade? I, I would I would lean the Lakers direction All for right, sure. Jay, imagine in your mind's eye the Pelicans starting lineup now moving forward for the foreseeable future. If you if you have Lonzo at one and you have Zion at four. Well, I don't think Lonzo starts, do you? Over Drew Holiday? No, you, uh, you move Holiday to two. Well, Brandon Ingram's kind of a two, but... I, I have him at three. Okay, and then Zion? At four. That's not bad. That's pretty darn good, and it's promising for your future, in my opinion. Now, you, you and I disagree a little bit on ball, and uh, uh, what do you average? He, he's like a, a 10-point and 6-assist guy. And it, Close, yeah. And he's just getting started there. Don't you think he can improve upon those numbers? Um, is he going to learn? Is he going to forget everything he's, he's ever been taught about shooting the basketball and start <laughs> over again? Uh, he's, I like, I think he has good knowledge of, uh, he's a nice floor game and you're right. Shooting is awfully important and he'll have to improve in that regard. I mean, there, there are very few people who have been really dynamic shooters with terrible form. Now they, they have existed. I mean, Reggie Miller, you know, a a shot doctor is going to look at Reggie's shot and go, Oh boy, 
You know, that's rough. But obviously, Reggie Miller was Reggie Miller. Who was uh, the guy the, the Suns had uh, for a long time? Uh, Sean Marion. Remember how ugly that oh, shot yeah. was? And, uh-huh. and he made it, you know, more than he probably should have. But for the most part, when you get like, for the most part, what you see is Ronnie Brewer. He comes into the league with a broken <laughs> shot, and you say, boy, I wonder if that could be fixed. And then the answer is nope. Well, he can't. had a broken arm, right? It, but When he was a kid? He did. That was the excuse or whatever. Did but they the, glue it back on? I don't. <laughs> but his form was was not there, you know. And you look at Lonzo and the way he shoots. I heard it described as the the windshield wiper shot, <laughs> and it, it just it it's not going to get any better. Really, I think there's a chance it could get better. Well, you're you're an optimist. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Lavar, who uh, went on the media yes. on ESPN and said this is what he wanted all yeah. along? <laughs> kind of like I tricked him. Uh, we wanted to be in New Orleans the whole time, and I love it that he said he's staying in LA just to let the Lakers know, like you're not getting rid of me. I'm staying right here. Be right in your back pocket. That guy used to really bug me. Now I, he just sort of what he says. Everybody already knows that he's full of it, so it becomes entertainment at that point, doesn't it? I find it entertaining, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, I think he's brilliant. He's mastered this PR game. <laughs> Look at what we we're talking about. We're talking about some average to below average NBA player's father today. Yeah, but he's young yet. He can get better. Okay. He shoots it from the same spot a left-hander shoots it from. It's like over <laughs> his left ear shoulder. <laughs> but he's right-handed. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Hornacek had a broken shot, too. Fix that. Was it broken quite like Lonzo's? No. Is Cotton Fitzsimmons still around to uh, get a hold of Lonzo there? <laughs> I wonder, I, I mean, it, it all comes down to work ethic when you're somebody like Ben Simmons or Lonzo Ball. Because there's a lot of work to do regardless, right? I mean, if he's going to fix his shot, he's, it's going to be spent uh, entire off-seasons in the gym yeah. uh, figuring it out. I mean, that's that's what Carl Malone had to do, right? And is is he the type of person who's who's going to put in that effort? I don't know. I don't know either. And that's 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 something that you've got to, you know, they're investing a lot in this. And but I, the Pelicans were in a place where yeah, they had AD and he was just a terrific player. But that that kind of attitude is poison. You've got to unload it. And maybe maybe that's what the Spurs felt, and that that sort of didn't work out so well for them. And Toronto is uh, having their uh, celebration going on and on right now. But uh, I I don't know how you can operate when your best player does not want to play for you. What do you do with that? You cannot abide that, Jake. You have to unload him. You have to. You might not like it, but... They've got these great draft picks, and and they've got some talent. Uh, both you, we both like Drew Holiday. I mean, that that guy is uh, can do some damage, and and I know you love him because he's such a, a two way player yep. all the way. But I I I, given the circumstances, I I have no problem for the Pelicans, and I you know I'm not going to use the word haul, but one of the things I find interesting is that those guys, those late former Lakers, couldn't wait to get away from LeBron. Well, yeah. Oh, well, LeBron, the, he was not popular in that locker room. And in fact, I think it was Rajon Rondo who did an interview and, and cast a little light onto this. And this actually made a lot of sense. So these young players who've, who've come up 
worshiping LeBron. He's been the you know the the Michael Jordan of a previous era, right? Where all these guys grow up saying, you know, I want to be just like LeBron and idolizing his game and and everything for obvious reasons. I mean, he's amazing. And then imagine being teammates with your hero and having your hero go, yeah, you're not good enough to play with me. <laughs> We're doing everything we can to make sure you're not here because we want somebody else who's better than you. I mean, you could see why that would. Did he indicate that to the players, or was that a management problem, or was that exuding could, from him in every shape and form possible? Of course, it was. Ex- I mean, it was obvious to everybody. I mean, these guys, you know, athletes and coaches and those sorts of things, they can tell you uh, until they're blue in the face that they don't pay attention to it, right? Oh, I don't, I don't read newspapers. Right. I don't watch TV. Blah blah blah. But they know. They know. Those uh, those rumors come out, and they find out about it one way or another, and I don't believe that they don't consume the media, but they know. If I'm a player— And that's LeBron. That's coming if, from LeBron. Here's the, here's the fallacy in that, LeBron. If you're LeBron James or a player like him, don't you want to inspire, conjure every bit of confidence you can in your teammates? Because you already know who you are. You know how great you are. And you don't want your teammates acquiescing to you or looking to you hesitantly or in any kind of lack of confidence way. You want those guys to lift their games up, to feel like you're a worthy teammate, and to move the whole project forward in a positive positive movement. And players like LeBron, players like Kobe, players like Larry Bird, players like that, I mean, they, they, they wanted... Their teammates, even though Kobe's kind of pain in the butt, but they wanted their teammates to say, hey, Kobe, I got this. I can do this. And so for the star player to put that kind of drag on his teammates is absolutely counterproductive and the exact opposite of what he should do. Well, it's the it's the disadvantage, and we're off in the weeds a little bit on this, but it, it's the disadvantage to LeBron. LeBron wants all the control and all the power. It's kind of what it, his he's impact on the league has been amazing because he's the one calling the shots he's the one making the decisions he uses his leverage as the best player on the planet to uh, get what he wants in a sense or, or run the show he created his own agency you know he's been the one hiring and firing coaches in cleveland for years um the downside of that is is that everybody else knows that too so you lose the ability to go well i'm i'm not management i'm not making the decisions be mad at be mad at them. It's not me. I didn't float your name out there in a, in a trade deal. They talk to Palinka, man. Don't be upset with me. Let's just go out there and win basketball games. But you're LeBron, and Rich Paul is neck deep in this, and you created Rich Paul, and he works for the agency you created, and he's the one pulling the strings on this. So there's I mean, no ducking. There's no, you know, LeBron can't say, well, I, have, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, you had everything to do with this. So it, it is the downside of him. You know, harnessing that power. Well, and, those and guys want it out. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. What would you think if Kyrie Irving came to L.A.? Um, well, I don't think it's going to happen. But, I mean, they'd be the favorites in the West, certainly, with a point I, card like that. But but here's the, here's the problem, Gordon, and this was a, a Laker failure in this deal, 
is they didn't negotiate when the deal was going to be completed. Right. Right. And so the deal is expected to be completed on July 6th, and we don't need to get into the minutia of the cap, but they're going to have about $23.7 million under the cap to sign somebody. If the if the deal was completed on July the 30th, $10 million more. they'd have $10 more million, which would be another max slot for somebody right. like Kyrie Irving. Right. Doesn't mean that it couldn't happen, because the Lakers could, could move some pieces around. They write that into the contract and just wait, even though everybody knows it's going to happen. That's what they should have done. They should have negotiated that uh, so that they would have the flexibility, and apparently they did not. So why, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, because it's disadvantageous for the the Pelicans to do it. Affects their salary cap negatively. Hmm. So I would guess the Lakers would have had to throw something else in to get that accomplished. Because New Orleans wasn't going to do it just. Out of the goodness of Out their of the heart. goodness of their heart, yeah. It's not like Boston sending a trade exception to the Jazz for Gordon Hayward. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. I heard Austin say during uh, you guys' show, Austin Tony, check him out, 10 to noon, that uh, this trade changed the odds for the Lakers. What were they, 30 to 1? And now they're three to one. Uh, actually, they were a hundred to one when the regular season ended this year, and now they're three to one. I mean, that is, we talk about making a move that makes a difference, or at least projected to make a difference. That's uh, that's pretty phenomenal for the Lakers, and they needed the Lakers needed a deal like this, in my opinion, because uh, their fan base down there was getting angry. I think that Jimmy Butler. Or uh, Kimba Walker are more likely to end up in L.A. than Kyrie Irving. Okay. I think Kyrie to the Nets has a lot of weight. There's a lot of there's a lot of smoke out there for that. Well, either one of those other players would make the Lakers uh, very difficult to beat next year. But of course, Kimba would have to turn down the supermax in Charlotte, and who knows what uh, what Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler might be the most likely because I. Uh, you know, he opted out, or he's going to opt out to become a free agent. Doesn't mean he's not staying in Philadelphia, right. but I, I think Philadelphia is going to have to choose between Jimmy Butler, if he even wants to stay there, and Tobias Harris. And I could see them picking Harris over Butler, which seems crazy, I know. But Harris is is a better fit for that team. Well, arguably, I guess a better fit for that team, and certainly not the headache in the locker room that Jimmy Butler is. More straight ahead, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.